Hey, welcome Sanctuary Church family. It is so good to be with you again. I am Pastor Mike. We have been on this journey now for about three weeks and we wrap up our distinct series tonight. And uh, before we begin our study, again, I have my Bible in front of me, my notes with me. I just want to take time to thank Pastor Mel and Sister Lisa and Brother Jude. What an amazing family that you have sanctuary church family to lead you all into the promises that god has for you personally and then of course as a church body uh with that said i want to dig in to our lesson today we have been talking about distinct relationships we talked about the church family relationship we talked about our marriage relationship and then we talked about our work relationship our relationship that we have with others in the community so today I want to focus on this word called conflict. It's what all of these relationships have in common. And uh, so we just want to look at a biblical perspective of what conflict is and uh, why we have conflict. Uh, before we dive in deeper, let's just talk about uh, three topics that we're going to kind of package all of this in. Uh, the first the first in relation to conflict is we're just going to talk about conflict in general. Then we're going to look at the challenge of conflict and then we're going to look at constructive conflict. As I said earlier, just a moment ago, something that all relationships have in common is this word conflict. But God has even asked us to be distinct in our conflict. Maybe B.C. or before Christ, we uh, handled conflict a certain way. But now that we've brought into the household of faith with the Spirit of God working in our lives, with the Word of God serving as a roadmap for you and I, we understand how to ha handle conflict uh, in a spiritual way. And so we're going to look at that today. So let's just talk about conflict for a moment. Um, one of the things that we understand about conflict is that conflict is inevitable but it doesn't have to be destructive. Let me say that again. Conflict in any relationship, conflict is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be destructive. Conflict is the human story. It starts from the very beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden in a relationship with God, a part of that relationship. Uh, it doesn't take long before conflict happens within the relationship. You can go to the next chapter, right after Genesis chapter 3. And there we find two brothers uh, that are caught in a web of disrespect. One brother feels disrespected by God. And of course, the result is murder. We go a little bit further in the Bible and we are met with another relationship. A family dynamic. Adam, excuse me, not Adam, but Abraham and Lot. Abraham and Lot, the herdsmen now. This is a work conflict. Their herdsmen are trying to meet the challenges of growth. And, and then now there's conflict and separation happens. You go to uh, the story of Esau and Jacob. And through envy and jealousy and parental favorites, uh, conflict happens. And we see that separation on and on. Relationship after relationship, we find that Men are often in conflict with one another for a myriad of reasons, through jealousy, uh, the challenges of just growth, all of these 
things bring conflict in our lives and the word of God understands that and um, again it's a part of the human story the Bible tells us this in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 so excuse me I'm going to just look down and and read uh, what the word of God says it tells us this Galatians chapter 6 verse uh, 6 and 1 says brethren if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye who are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Very interesting there. The Bible talks about being caught up in a conflict. And we who are spiritual are responsibility to restore that person. But again, the Bible also admonishes us in the latter half of that verse that we also have to guard ourselves for, from a conflict that is unresolved. And conflict that is uh, uh, expressed is dangerous, but conflict, conflict that is inexpressed is also dangerous. And it, it can fester in our lives and then, of course, foment into uh, uh, feelings of anger. And before long, we are entangled in a root of bitterness. Humans are complex. We understand all of that. There's challenges and uh, worldviews that we all have and how to uh, meet those together in a respectable way. Well, all of us are learning how to navigate that. So the Bible tells us that we're to guard our own selves to make sure that we're not caught up in a web of conflict that is unresolved. Uh, I want to turn your attention now to Matthew chapter 5. That's just kind of a brief overview of there's a bunch of reasons why that one could be caught up in conflict or we could have conflict one with another. But when we go a little bit deeper into our second point, one of the things that we understand is that uh, there are challenges to conflict. Let me read the scripture that we have, Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 21. I'm going to read a few portions of scripture. I'm going to read a little quickly and then I'll unpack this for us. Uh, the Word of God says this, Jesus speaking, You have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother, without a cause, shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Verse 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and if there remember that thy brother hath anything against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. A very peculiar uh, chain of scriptures. I'm a visual person, uh, and so let me paint this story for you. Uh, we went through the history of conflict. It's a part of our human story. We all have to guard against unresolved conflict. But now what are the challenges of conflict? Well, let me unpack this story in, in or these verses in a story form. Let's get into the, the, the context of this scripture. Oftentimes, uh, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people of that day, were required. It was with the law of Moses that they had to go and sacrifice and make atonement for their sins. And that journey for some and for the most for most people was very arduous. It was very challenging physically. A man had to leave his family and he had to make the trek to Jerusalem. 
He, there he had to exchange his, his money for the currency of the temple. And he would have to purchase whatever the law of Moses required according to the offense that he was trying to make atonement for. And so there the priest had to choose the right sacrifice, a turtle dove, a ram, a bullock, a little lamb. That man would have to, of course, after having exchanged that money, get the right sacrifice and then wait hours upon end, standing in that hot sun, hundreds of people before him. And then finally, whittling it down to where maybe there's a dozen before him. And no doubt the man is feeling the anxiety that is before him. He's about to make atonement for his family. He's got the right money. He's paid for his sacrifice. And there he passes off the sacrifice to the priest. And the priest is about to slay that sacrifice. When the man recognizes something, a thought comes to his head. He remembers something maybe that happened last year. Maybe something that happened years before. Maybe something that happened that day or that week. He remembers that there's a brother that has ought against him. Well, practically in a very pragmatic way, we would say, just deal with it later. That's what Michael would have done. Just deal with it later. Uh, let the sacrifice happen and go home and handle your affairs. But that's not what Jesus asked us to do. Jesus says it's in that moment you are to grab your sacrifice at whatever stage you're in and you're to head home or you're to head to that place where that person is that you have conflict or that you know have conflict. Jesus doesn't ask us to do what's practical. Oftentimes, what Jesus is calling us into is quite inconvenient to what we would consider very pragmatic matters. Herein lies the challenge of conflict. That I could handle things my own way. I could look at something from a very fleshly, practical way. Or I can do what's right. And oftentimes what is right by the word of God is inconvenient to the fleshly man. It's a challenge to the fleshly man. Jesus doesn't call us into a life of convenience. He calls us into a life of right living. It's interesting as we dig a little deeper and we notice something. Jesus ties in reconciliation and restoration with our brother to our worship. We know how important worship is. We know the scriptures that David uh, left us and wrote to us. That God inhabits the praise of his people. That he dwells in the midst of our praise. We understand in Psalm 149 the weapon of our praise. That, that uh, we could bind things in the spirit. And, and this honor hath God given all the saints to wield the sword of praise. In Psalm 150 we know that praise and worship is is not something that's unique, but it's something that everything in life, every organic creature is participating in. We understand in the New Testament that the writers wrote to us that we have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light to show praise and worship. But yet God Almighty ties our relationship with our brother with our sister to our worship. And he tells us if, if there's conflict, 
If there's problems, if there's issues, I want you to leave the gift. Remove yourself from the altar. Yes, come back to the altar. Yes, praise and worship. But, but go restore yourself to your brother. That is the challenge of conflict. God ties it into our relationship with our brother. So where do we go from here? What do, what do we do now? Well, that brings me to my third point. And I want to be able to get really real here on the level of our daily living. It makes no sense that we just always leave things in the realm of the supernatural. We don't know how to practically apply these things to our lives. So I want to practically apply these things to our lives and, and look at co conflict from a different way. We understand that historically there's always been conflict and there will be conflict. There's going to be conflict at the sanctuary church. There's conflict here at the campuses uh, at Plymouth. And people have used that as an excuse. And I've told people this. I, I, I recognize that there's conflict. I recognize that there's issues. And, and there, is, there will be offense that happens at church. There will be uncomfortable conflicting moments that we will have one with another. Because wherever people gather... There's going to be conflict. But there also is going to be healing at church. There also is going to be brotherly love and reconciliation and restoration at church. So it's not an excuse to check out. The same place where conflict could happen is the same place where reconciliation and restoration can happen. So conflict can be very constructive. Uh, unresolved conflict, yes, it is destructive. It's a recipe for disaster. But conflict in a healthy and a biblical way can be quite constructive. So let, let's look at how we could handle conflict. One of the things that we find in Matthew chapter 5 is that the individual at the altar has an awareness. We have to live our lives with an awareness. We have to uh, work through our minds and let the Holy Ghost work through our minds and show us where uh, there may be conflict in our lives. Not only that, but uh, we're asked to also look at our own perspectives. Also, look, uh, I challenge our people often, and maybe you heard it at your church. You know, sometimes it's looking at things from a fresh perspective. Maybe you don't know what it's like to be a single mother and working a job and having to figure out Zoom uh, school on Zoom at home. Maybe, maybe you have resources and you're able to go on vacations. But, but Jesus says, you know, there's going to be some people that I always leave at a certain station in their lives. And the poor you're always going to have with you. And, and there's people amongst us that, that struggle. There's people amongst us that that don't, can't afford to go on vacation and, and can't afford uh, maybe the luxuries of this life. Well, praise God, we all get the same reward, and that is heaven. But in this life, there's people that are going to struggle. So maybe you don't know what that's like. But there's people that do struggle. Uh, we find in the Scripture, in Matthew chapter 5, the Bible tells us, in our resolution of conflict, how to have constructive conflict, tells us the time and the place. If you know that there's conflict, the Bible says the time to deal with it is now. 
Don't let things fester. Don't let the enemy get an advantage in our mind. If there's conflict, if there's an issue, it's not for them to come to me. It's for me to go to them as well. And to, and to have a right place. The Bible says that the man uh, found the other man by the way. And there was restored to him. So we, we, we also uh, have a place that Jesus gives us. Where, where's the right place? Where could we have a conversation? When we go deeper into the Word of God, the Bible tells us something unique about every single believer, and that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, listen to what the Word of God says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to it that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We find two things in this scripture. We find the principle first. The principle is that Jesus Christ reconciled all of us and it made us a new creature and he also gave us this ministry that you and I would reconnect people that word is uh, uh, we get a word from reconciliation or reconcile we get words like religion which in Latin means religion which means to re-ligament or reconnect people. Our job is not to disconnect people. Our job is to constantly look for ways to connect people. I got I to gotta have an awareness if there's conflict. Uh, yes, I've got to change my perspective and not always look at everything from my lens. And, I, and there's got to be the right place and the right time to handle conflict. But, but the overall arching goal is to re ligament people back to ourselves and back to God. And the Bible tells us how to do that. That's with the word of reconciliation. Now, here's some practical advice. Before we raise the level of our voices, we should raise the level of our values. Before we raise the level of our voices, because that's what conflict does, let's raise the level of our values. Let's recognize values over voices. That the, the value that we have in Christ is, is far superior than, than me just being right. He values me. He loves me. He reconnected me. He made me a new creature. He's given me this ministry and to use my words to help soothe and to help and not hurt. And so I'm not just trying to get my voice heard. I'm not just trying to be right. I'm trying to reconcile. I'm trying to reconnect people back to God. What, what word do they need? What kind word? Hey, you can make it. Hey, we're brothers. Let's look at the values that we all share. And the values that we all share is we, we all want to have a relationship with God, of course. But we also have, want to have a relationship one toward another. And we're not always going to get it right. But that's, a, that, that's what unity is. So it's what unity is. Uh, unity begins with agreement. But in order to continue unity, 
we have to go further, and that's with submission. Unity begins with agreement, but it continues with submission. And the Bible tells us, submit yourselves one to another. To reconcile each other. You who are strong. If there's a weaker amongst you. A person that is always involved in conflict. And having a hard time overcoming. Then you who are strong in a spirit of meekness. That word, the literal word of meekness is to, uh, to sheathe the sword. To sheathe the sword. Not always quick to draw the sword. But I'm going to keep my sword in the sheath and I'm going to let my words soothe. I'm going to let my words help because that's what we value. We value love, brotherly love, kindness, gentleness. We value being connected, sharing in uh, uh, life together. That, we, that we're going to fight one for another. Not with each other, but one for another. And to lift each other higher. And to open up the door or to prefer one another. That's how conflict can be constructive. There's, there's two boxes that conflict can be in. The first box is, is, is recognizing, is this personal? Is somebody having a problem with me, my being, my character, who I am? And if so, I'm going to seek some sort of reconciliation. I'm, I'm going to make sure that, that I'm not going to be lifted up in pride and, and try to defend myself. Or is somebody struggling with the process? And after all, we are trying to meet the mission and the vision that God has given us as a local body. That's the sanctuary church. What God has promised uh, you all in, in the Austin metro area. Is there a process? Do, do, are we struggling with processes? And, and is there conflict because we're trying to meet the mission? Well, all right. Let's talk about that. Let's, let, let's, let's talk about that. We understand that we're not always going to get everything right, but we value each other more than our voices, more than justifying ourselves, more than always having to prove ourselves right. I encourage you today, as we continue in our relationships one with another, when we're out in our secular environment, that we would always seek to reconcile with our words. After all, it was Jesus' words telling us, it is finished. I have paid the price. And, and we are given a roadmap on how to handle conflict in a healthy way. Thank you so much. This is the distinct life that God has given you and I. It's living above the norm. Having relationships that, are, uh, that stand out in a godly way. Again, thank you so much. We pray the blessings of God, the hand of God on your life. May God continue to shine His face on us. Amen. We will pray for you as you are in your season of, of frost and freezing. And the churches out here are praying for the churches in Texas. We're all brothers and sisters. We don't always get it right, but we definitely have the right stuff to make things right. And that's the Spirit of God working in our lives. Amen. God bless you. It was a joy to be with you. Until next time, in Jesus' name.